Got depression, anxiety, talk about it with me. Strange brain, same page, safe place. Therapy is great, and this ain't the same. But we're crying behind sunglasses anyway. Crying behind sunglasses. This is a Soul Fire production. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to Crying Behind Sunglasses. I'm Katie Dahl, and this is a mental health podcast for cool people. Quick disclaimer, this is not a substitute for therapy or medical advice. So if you're having an actual problem, then please, you know, call your doctor uh, or 911 or wherever you might need to get help. But, you know, if you just want to crack open a bottle of wine and pour yourself a glass after your therapy session, you have found the right corner of the internet for you, my friend. (laughs) Today's episode is really fun. Uh, We have Rachel LaForest. She's an actress, writer, comedian. She hosts the podcast Basic Witches, uh, and she's also a self-love empowerment coach. And she is not on social media anymore. And we we talk a little bit about that on the episode as to why she left and how she was able to kind of take the power back, you know? Quick trigger warning on this episode, we do cover topics related to sexual assault, violence, and trauma. So if that's not your thing, uh, then go back to the episode list. There are plenty of other episodes that don't talk about those things. So just want to let that be known. But if you are interested in listening, uh, we get into a lot of really juicy topics. We talk about how Rachel got into witchcraft and that helped to empower her to take control of her mental health, how she overcame the trauma of her sexual assault and was able to face the perpetrator in court and not only face him, but also come around to the point where she is feeling empathy for him and fought to get him mental health resources within our criminal justice system, which is something that is very much lacking. You know, uh, we put these people away in prison, but then we don't rehabilitate them and they just go back out on the streets and reoffend. So I really hope that maybe by putting this out there, we can raise awareness about the lack of resources there for people who are in prison. Uh, We also talk about a little bit of lighter topic, uh, her sexual liberation from being on OnlyFans, uh, which is something that like, I can't even imagine myself doing, but it seems like if you just get over the societal stigma of being naked on the internet, it could be a really fun thing to do and a really great creative outlet. So yeah, we dig into that. And um, after the episode, when you're done listening, if you want to learn more, you can see our episode guide on cryingbehindpod.com. And you can also find us at cryingbehindpod on Instagram and all things. I am at Katie Dahl on all the things. And if you like what you heard, then please, please, please leave us a review on iTunes and hit that subscribe button. All right, without further ado, please enjoy. Today's guest is an actress. She's a writer. She's a comedian. Uh, She's also a podcaster. She hosts a spiritual witchy podcast called Basic Witches. Uh, She's also a self-love and empowerment coach. Welcome, Rachel LaForest. Thank you so much, Katie. (laughs) Yes. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited. Yes. I feel like this has been a a while in the making because I had your co-host, Leah Knauer, on a while ago. And y'all are too powerful to have like 
you know, back to back. So I had to, I had to space it out. <laughs> I so understand that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. No, I, I find you're both just such like listening to your podcast. What really stands out to me is you're both just so in your power and just, um, I don't know, like you're, you're so in tune with yourselves mm. and it, it, in, in a way it's a little intimidating because I'm like, what am I going to even ask her that she hasn't already thought about herself? Cause she's just so woke to all Ooh. of this. Well, <laughs> unapologetic, <laughs> unapologetic, no fucks given. That's, that's what you're observing there. It's that, like, yeah. yeah, it's like the constant quest for self-knowledge. So I feel like I know myself, but there's still so much to learn. It's just that I've learned to stop apologizing for any part of me. So I can talk about anything. We can go anywhere. <laughs> How did you get to the part where you stopped apologizing for yourself? Is that something that happened recently? Um, it's been in the works for about, let's see, basically since 2017, I want to say. So going on four years of working on not apologizing. Um, it happened through a lifetime of overgiving and people pleasing out of guilt and shame. Mm-hmm. And then being, um, I don't know the correct terminology for this yet. I'm actually working on it in therapy, but I would say I essentially consented to being raped by a partner because I was that overgiving that I knew it would mm. be painful, but I, I overgave and said yes to like an ultimatum I was given like a power. So it's kind of like rape, but kind of in the court of law, you could never say that. Basically, the thing that happens commonly in relationships that go on for a long time where there's like a power imbalance. Um, Anyways, that happened. And then three days later, I got dumped by the person who did that to me. And those two events were so like traumatic that they thrust me into seeing how fucking overgiving I had been and how I was living for everyone else and not me to the point of like being willing to get hurt. Mm. So that was so I can pinpoint it. And then since then, it's been like constant unlearning and learning. You know how you'll like you you have the realization and you see that something needs to change. Yes. And then it could take five years to really implement the change. Oh, yeah. No, it takes it takes a really long time. And there's um, different levels of understanding. But it is good that you can at least point to something uh I mean, it is a terrible event and a terrible way to learn that about yourself. But, um, you know, I was just thinking about this the other day is that the difficult circumstances that we go through, like people always want to avoid pain, but I feel like it's a, it can be our greatest teacher. And Mm -hmm. if you can find a way to learn from it, um, and I think you're a great example of that. If you can find a way to learn from it, then, uh, that's, that's how we grow. Mm -hmm. It's really like, the trauma or whatever it is that thrusts you into the present, which pain is a great way to be present because, which is why some people like BDSM and stuff. I think. <laughs> no, seriously, because it's like it, it, yeah. pain is so loud that it like, it, um, it thrusts you into the present. It, it shuts out everything else. And sometimes you need that to really see what's going on. So yeah, like it really is true. There's treasure and trauma. There's gifts and pain. Like it sucks, but it's true. Yeah. And I've learned that now, like a few times over. Yeah, no, you've definitely learned that a lot. I actually was going, I was 
worried to ask about about this, but you like brought it up right away with oh, the yeah. issue of consent. You're just like, oh yeah, this happened with my mom. I'm like, okay, yeah. cool. So she's just an open book. Um, <laughs> I watched this when you first put it out, but I rewatched it again this morning because mm. I really wanted to um, think about it before I interviewed you. I watched your victim's impact statement. Mm. Thank you uh, for watching that. Which I had watched originally when you put it out for our listeners who don't know. Um, and I don't want to like mischaracterize your story, but just in broad terms, yeah. uh, Ra- Rachel was assaulted and then um, gave an impact statement in court mm-hmm. uh, against the, what would we Assailant call Assailant or attacker, yeah. Attacker. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I found really powerful about that statement was that, like, I mean, you hear a lot of those things from people and they'll just say, oh, well, you're a bad person and you did this to me. And I'm so glad you're going to jail so you can never hurt anyone again. You deserve everything that's happening to you. Um, And of course, that is true. There should be a punishment for the crime. But what I found really powerful about your statement was that you were advocating for your attacker to be able to get mental health services Mm -hmm. and for the importance of rehabilitation in our prison industrial complex. And I mean, I can't say if I was in your shoes that I would do this. I don't know if I'd do the same thing because I think that that takes a complete different level of empathy Mm -hmm. for this other person and this other level of understanding. Because when someone does something like that to you, like how do you come around Mm -hmm. to that? Thank you for that great retelling of it in broad strokes. You did a great job and I felt really respected. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's a hard like question to answer, but we can talk about it because it's not any one thing. So my attacker was a complete stranger. There's, he may have been stalking me. We're not sure, but, but a stranger to me. And it may be because I'm very sensitive and empathic and um, like you mentioned, empathy. Yes, it may be because I already have a heightened sense of that, but like from the day it happened, like from the event itself, I still see it as a really sick, hurting person attacking me. Like I could, mm. because I don't know, when I, when I meet people and talk to people, I hear how they feel. It's like just how I go through the world. I don't know. I hear how people feel. And so like, whatever he was yelling at me and threatening and saying, I heard a like desperate, hurt, sick, sick, sick person. So for me, it's like, I don't feel like a hero for empathizing with him. I feel like I've never seen it any other way. It's not a choice. So it's just the way that your brain works. Yeah. And, and my, or my body too, I guess. Yeah. Um, however, you know, the trial took a long time to happen. It didn't, I didn't just jump to being able to make that statement. It took, there was all the anger and all the feelings of, I want you to rot in prison. And all of that also exists in me. It's just that through therapy and trauma processing, like what outweighs it is my empathy. It's just more, I'm more on the empathy side with it, but I have all that anger too. It's just, you know, the other thing is, I feel like I could see it all from above, which for the, on the one hand happened because often when you're in a trauma, you disassociate or leave your body. So I literally see the memory from above, but also I see like the above big picture of 
why is he this way? Because what happened to him? What systems failed him? What like people failed him? I see it from the bird's eye view of like, this isn't just him hurting me. It's a lifetime of hurt that led him to hurting me. So my energy, I, I want to fucking solve the problem. I don't want to even the score. I want to solve the problem. Yeah, you want to break the cycle. Yes. And I have been told by a human design expert who came on Basic Witches, which for people who don't know, it's kind of another form of astrology. But I've been told that my design chart is like to end cycles for people. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so you're doing that within your own life. That's your journey. Yeah. And, you know, if people want to catch up on sort of the story, you can you can like look at my YouTube or my website to learn more. But I don't know if my attacker is um, using the mental health services, but I did succeed in getting the judge to send him to the only there's only two prisons in California that have that service available. And I got him sent to one. So, yay, he has the chance of getting mental health help. I mean, that's huge. Yeah. Whether or not he chooses to use it, that's obviously up to him. But at least it's available. And I'm sure that feels good that you got that small victory. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, everyone around it, like the detectives and the sentiment is what you first said. The sentiment of the whole system is let him rot in prison. Let's add on more years. What can we do to punish him more? Um, so I know there's other victims out there like me who are advocating for the mental health of their attackers, but I hope that there'll be even more because the whole system is not set up for that. No, I agree with you because the problem is that, um, with him and with a lot of other people, they don't get sent away to prison for life. Right. Not, not that that would be positive, but with the way the system works right now, you get sent away for anywhere from a few months to a year to years, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. And then when you get out, um, you're out in the world. And if you haven't been rehabilitated, who's to say you're not going to reoffend and go back right. to prison? And statistically, we, we've seen that's true. And if not worse, if not escalating, because the prison experience is so traumatizing. Mm-hmm. So now this person who's probably already traumatized got more traumatized and then put back on the streets to do it again and worse. Yeah. It's so ugh, it's so um, sad. I hope that it changes drastically in our lifetimes. I would love to see a huge reform to yeah. our prison system and make it rehabilitative. Yes. No, I agree 100%. And I, I appreciate you speaking so openly about it. Um, yeah. I didn't want to like re-traumatize you by bringing all of that up. But I know that you have been very vocal mm-hmm. and very open about being a survivor, which... I think is so important for people out there to hear that, mm-hmm. to know that they're not alone. Oh, yeah. And I talk about this on my show, but from the night, like it happened in the daytime, but he wasn't caught until the nighttime. So mm-hmm. in the nighttime after I ID'd him, like I had this surge of an overwhelming knowing that this happened to me because I can handle it. So mm. it had to happen and I have to talk about it again. That's why I don't feel like a hero because I'm just like, I don't even have a choice. This is what I have to do. Um, and I'm, I'm like honored if I get to help anyone or prevent any, anything further, you know, I'm glad he can't have any more victims for a while at least. Um, yeah. And, um, 
Oh, as far as like just diving deep right away and talking about it, like, yeah, I um I don't I can't do small talk. I don't know. It's like you got right. <laughs> I, well, I was gonna I can't. Yeah, because I was gonna I had all this list. I was like, well, let's see, like how's Ohio? Yeah. How was your road trip going out there? I still want to know, yeah. you know, but you were just like, nope, we're going right. straight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know what you're here for. Let's go for the blood. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like what I talked about, what I, what I started with first, that relationship consent issue, mm. like now that I've healed the, um, oh, also just shout out EMDR. We should talk about that. I know you probably already have on your show, but. Not too much on actually. Um, I I know like theoretically what it is, and people have said that it's beneficial for them. I don't know a ton about it, so okay. Um, if you want to enlighten us about EMDR, yeah, feel free. I mean, so is that something you discovered after your trauma that helped you to heal? Yes. Yep. I got a therapist starting two days after the attack, which was like so amazing, and I felt so supported that I could get that. And she um, got certified in EMDR and has been doing it with me ever since. And the reason I can talk about it and jump right to it is because I've desensitized my brain to the memory of the trauma. That's what EMDR does. It's Mm -hmm. taking the sensitization down. Um, It developed out of PTSD with uh, war veterans. That's how they developed it. And now it's becoming more mainstream and therapists can train in it. But it is the rapid eye movement back and forth, or you can use other forms of stimulating the left and right side of your body, but like by tapping or buzzing, you hold these buzzers, but essentially by stimulating the left and right brain back and forth while talking about the traumatic memory, you rewire your brain. Like you, it's crazy. It literally shifts shit around in there and you desensitize the trauma so that you can live with it instead of the PTSD overtaking your life like it does for so many victims. Mm-hmm. That is wild. It's and so basically good. in your case, because you're saying they have you hold buzzers or do tapping, which um, method worked best for you? Actually, they've worked the same. And the in-person, like my, when we used to be able to do therapy in person before COVID, my therapist would move a pen back and forth pretty fast. And I'd have to follow it with my eyes. So I actually started with eyes, then buzzers. And then with virtual therapy, I tap myself while she like instructs me or while we talk and it, they're all methods have worked. So I think it's just any kind of alternating stimuli, um, will work. And now that I've cleared out my really capital T trauma. Um, <laughs> yeah, ca- trauma with a capital T, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, now I can, now I'm working on going back to my lowercase t trauma, which is like all these moments that happen throughout childhood that, that shape and form you that are like yes. your deepest roots that are like those patterns you keep repeating, even though you can see them. Um, so I'm so excited for where I'm at now. That's incredible. I'm really happy for you as well. I Thank mean, you. I haven't done EMDR. I have done therapy where my therapist will have me talk through mm-hmm. the trauma and just try to like, hey, can you tell me what your anxiety level is right now? Like if it gets above a certain level, we can stop, 
you know, and she would check yeah. in with me. But I wonder if the tapping would have helped to kind of change it out because I think it has, I've experienced where, you know, I'll try to talk through something and I just can't. Mm-hmm. There'll yeah. be a block. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if using that method would help me to move through stuff like that. I bet you it would because what it feels like is it, it, it's like your brain leads you where to go in EMDR. It's so crazy. You'll be, you do them in little sets. So you do this, the alternate stimuli for about, I don't know, a minute or something. And then the therapist stops you and you talk about what happened during that set. And then you do another mm. set. You do this for the whole session in those little sets. Like it's almost like meditative where your brain swims around and it will just take you somewhere. And then you say it to the therapist and realize you thought it was random, but it actually so unlocks like this past memory that relates to the trauma. And like, it gets your, I think it alters your consciousness or something. It is like meditative, like, and there's something about the release, the releasing emotions. It helps release them. It's like my therapist says, um, we're cleaning the dirt out of the wound mm-hmm. with EMDR. Like we're going in and we're getting the muck and your brain is pushing it out and you're crying and you burp and like you yawn. It's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's interesting. Yeah. That's how you know it's working. That's seriously like a common thing that happens huh. with it. Yeah. <laughs> that's almost like when you eat really good sushi and you burp after and you're like, well, that means it was good. Mm-hmm. That was a good meal. Yeah. Five stars <laughs> and a belch. That's like... <laughs> Good restaurant. (laughs) I love it. Ever since I started this podcast, I've noticed an uptick in the amount of people DMing me or texting me and asking me questions about their mental health and asking for advice. And, you know, the number one thing that always comes back to is like, let's get you a therapist. Let's get a professional in there who can really help you, right? And so that's why I'm really happy to say that this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. And BetterHelp is the best provider of online counseling. You can go on there, you take a quiz, and then they match you with a qualified, licensed, real therapist, not a bot, uh, within 24 hours. And you can talk to them on text or video or phone. However it works for you, you have an unlimited amount of messages that you can send to your therapist. And also, if you don't like the therapist that you're matched up with, you can change to a different one at any time free of charge. Uh, So there are a lot of different things I love about this service. And because of that, I'm really happy to say that I'm able to give a discount. So for my sunnies, if you go to betterhelp.com slash cryingbehindpod, that's betterhelp.com slash crying behind pod, then you can get 10% off your first month. And after that, you can just keep going. And um, honestly, they have sliding scale, they have financial aid options available. So there's really no reason that you can't get in there today and find someone to talk to. I'm so happy that I can help you help yourself. So check it out, betterhelp.com slash crying behind pod. I wanted to ask you because you have um, a podcast about witchcraft and uh you bill yourself as 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 being a witch and pulling tarot cards all of this what's your relationship to spirituality and how Mm. did you get into um tarot cards and all this witchcraft stuff oh my gosh great question um my relationship with spirituality is is ever-changing which makes so much sense because 
I, what I know is that I don't know. That's my philosophy. Like I grew up um, religious, Catholicism really drilled in. Like my house had Jesus painted life size on the wall, Bible quotes painted around the border of every, like very religious. Um, and I rejected all of that and became a witch because, <laughs> <laughs> because um, I've always felt like there was something more, but I could also feel that the religions were using fear and like making me angry. Mm-hmm. So I got attracted to like witchcraft and spirituality because it seemed more self-empowering and yes. not about, yeah, like not about scaring you that you're going to go to hell. Mm-hmm. So I think I felt like the warm embrace of that. And then what keeps me going is like my curiosity and the fact that I've, I've seen proof now in my life that the magic is in the unknown. It's when we're not in control. It's when we're in free fall and we're like letting it happen. And um, that requires like a lot of self-trust, which witchcraft gives you tools for. Like, yeah, it, using the cards affirms like things I've felt or things I've seen. It makes me feel like I can trust myself. I'm powerful. Yeah. You know, it just dawned on me when you were saying that. If someone was having a problem with their self-confidence, it, it sounds like witchcraft could really help them. <laughs> yes, totally. Back to like, so I got into witchcraft around the same time of that relationship ending. Sure. And like, because I was disempowered in the relationship, I think I really accelerated into the self-empowerment and confidence that witchcraft did totally help me with. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's all about um, gaining self-love and confidence and trust. Well, and also just seeing that you have power over your own life. Mm-hmm. Because um when you think about it like whether or not you want to call it witchcraft, people still talk about the law of attraction or they talk about making vision boards and having these intentions. And so when you set an intention for yourself and you think about it all the time and then you're able to make it happen, that builds your confidence. Mm-hmm. And is that not witchcraft also? Right. It's like, I forget that people don't call that witchcraft because that totally <laughs> is to me. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's under a different name, I guess. Yeah. It's like self-care is so witchy. If you think about it, like drawing a bath and like putting po- like products in it, that's like making a potion to make you feel better. Like witchcraft, if you even if you zoom out to like magic, it could be wizardry, anything with magic. The idea is transmuting energy. That's like the mm-hmm. general idea. So anytime you're making yourself feel better or shifting your mindset, I would consider that magical. Mm-hmm. You're transmuting energy. Yeah, that's what I think, too. And if someone is getting into magic for the first time, where is a good place to start? Should they just like get a tarot deck and like start pulling cards? Or is that like a bad idea? Should we not be playing with those energies <laughs> if we don't know what we're doing? No, I don't think that's a bad idea. Um, okay. We get asked this question a lot. And the answer is it's going to be different for everyone because the okay. whole point is to not be told exactly how. That's why there's no Bible in witchcraft. There's no Ten Commandments. The point is self-empowerment. You you got to start from the beginning learning how to trust your intuition. So for one person, their intuition might have really called to this like mermaid oracle deck. Then they should start there. But someone else might feel like they want to have a seance with candles right at, to start. 
and try to like talk to a dead person. They they're being called that way. The whole point is listen to your gut. Yeah. Like I have a bunch of crystals for whatever reason. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I'm really into it. And then when I meditate, I ha- I'll sometimes just be called to grab a certain one yes. and hold it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I meditate every single day. So that's probably the most witchy thing that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find that it helps me to just quiet everything and to connect with like that bigger, bigger power yeah. beyond whatever it is and, and to get me out of the dumb day-to-day things that really bog me down. That's so good. Meditation is so good for you. And I know I've heard you say on the show that you do it every day. So that's- <laughs> I'm an advocate. I'm sorry yeah. if it's repetitive, repetitive everyone. I'm not going to cut it out. I'm sorry. I'm no, just, it's good. Like, you are. <laughs> I'm a single issue candidate. You know, like if I was running yeah, for office. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> I just, yeah, I don't know why I feel like it, it really, um, changes people's brains. And also mm-hmm. when we're talking about like, even coming, thinking back about the prison complex, like mm-hmm. if they were having prisoners learn how to meditate, I wonder what that would do. Yeah. I feel like that would be for sure healing. I feel like that'd be a no brainer. I'm glad they're doing more scientific research on meditation because they, there are studies that show, um, at least for TM, that style, transcendental, um, yes. lower blood pressure, lower like cardiac disease. They're starting to prove that. So maybe yeah. one day we can get there. I mean, if someone was to study my life, they would just see like a daily occurrence of like less assholishness. So. <laughs> Katie's nice. How does she meditate? <laughs> yeah. Just like, it, you said, people was like, don't talk to me after I had my coffee. I'm like, please, right. please don't talk to me until after I have had a chance to connect with my higher power. Thank you very much. <sighs> For 20 to 40 minutes. Thank you. <laughs> I'll be right back. Even five, even five minutes on just anything. Yeah. Um, I'm impressed because I don't currently have a daily meditation. I have daily routines that are like wellness, but. But it's not, you don't need it. You know, you either need yeah. it or you don't. It's, that's all. That's I, I wouldn't do it if I didn't need it. I've just noticed like, uh, yeah. I go through phases where I do it every day. Mm-hmm. Kind of like salad. Do you have that? I have salad chapters of my life. <laughs> and then I yes. have like non-salad chapters. Yeah, I don't yeah. want salad. <laughs> Yeah, especially in lockdown, I've been going through a lot of different phases of food because, I mean, we don't really eat out yeah. very often at all. And by by eating out, I mean, like, getting take, take out. out. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, even, yeah. we don't even get to go anywhere. But, yeah, I'll go through a phase where all of a sudden I'm cooking fajitas, like, three nights a week, you know, <laughs> for no totally. reason. And then, and then I'm like, I never want to have these again. Yep, 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 yep. It's, it's phases. <sighs> Same Another phase of your life that I wanted to ask you about. So you've you've gone through a lot of radical changes yes, lately. Yes. You uh, left social media mm-hmm. and you moved um, away from LA mm-hmm. and you're on OnlyFans. So what has it been like leaving social media? I hesitate to say leaving because you left traditional social media, yeah. but you're still on OnlyFans, which but, is social media, but it's paid. But I'm leaving OnlyFans too. Oh, you are? Yes. Okay, so tell me everything then. Okay, absolutely. Okay, I, I never got addicted to social media. I never felt the good feelings ever. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like it was so hard for me to leave. It was just scary because it's 
built up to this thing where it seems like you have to have social media to be an entrepreneur and have a business or to be an actor, you know, any, any of the many things I'm doing, they make it seem like you have to have social media to do that. And I found that the more sensual art I was making, where I was feeling so empowered, the more like the algorithm fucked me and I would get shadow banned. And I was getting like, I was getting reprimanded for, from what I could tell, not violating any of the rules of Instagram. Mm -hmm. I was very careful to like not have full nudity, not show nipple, which is so stupid. Um, You know, all those things. I agree. It is so stupid because they let men show their nipples. (laughs) Free the fucking nipple. I I understand you don't want like full frontal genitalia, you know, if there are children. That's that's a little much for anybody. Yeah. But a boob. Come on. Who's that going to hurt? Yeah. And also like, (laughs) it's like, why though? Why? The why, the only why I can come to is the fucking patriarchy disempowering women. Mm. it's like it just seems like the trend is so clear on there and I'm like looking at it and thinking why am I building their business instead of mine why Mm -hmm. am I helping Mark Zuckerberg who came up with a hot or not technology that turned into this monster like why? Because that's what we're doing. We are the users generating the content. They need us to make content that people like so that brands want to buy ad space. Literally, we are making their business by being on there. And then they're going to ban me to where people can't search my name or tag me in art that I've created. Like, fuck that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I realized that the only thing keeping me from like, I wasn't enjoying it. I felt like they're disempowering women and artists. Um, And the only thing stopping me from leaving was the fear of, oh, I won't be able to make money anymore because I won't be able to generate business. And I was like, fuck that. That's lack mentality. I have to take this leap of faith. And I literally went to go pay my utility bills one Friday morning. And instead I went on Instagram and announced I was leaving. (laughs) <laughs> I just felt so called to. I was like, whoop, quitting Instagram. Now I'm also getting off OnlyFans. I'm not as as angry, but it just hit me again where I'm like, fuck, this was founded by men, owned by men. Mm-hmm. Um, they're taking a 20% fee of everything, membership, tips, gifts, everything, which started to feel like a pimp. So I'm getting off there too. And I'm just gonna make everything on my website. It's in the it's in the works. It's a lot of work. But I don't want to ever be on any other person's platform anymore. I just want to do my own thing. Yeah, that is a really empowered stance to take. And it is really scary because the thing is with any of these services, even if it's not OnlyFans, like I remember I um, was crowdfunding my short film a few years ago and they take a percentage, you know, um, but it's a double edged sword because, for example, the crowdfunding website I used. They had a lot of tools that I, you know, didn't have and they made it really easy to make this page and to blast it out to everyone. And because it was on this page, people were more trusting of it and more willing to maybe open their wallet and pay for this artistic stuff. Right. So then it's like, okay, if I had done the same exact thing, but just build a page on my own website and hit put like a PayPal button, 
would I have gotten the same amount of money? I don't know. I know. Right? It's scary. And I may, now, I'll never know now, but right. it's just, I, I, is that what you're proposing to do? You're still yeah. going to make your sensual art, but kind of have it on your own yeah. website on your own terms? Yep. Yep. I'm going to make, I'm making my website into a membership site. So you mm-hmm. can be a member of three different tiers and like you get to see certain things in each tier. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's my comedy, my witchy stuff and my sexy stuff. So you can, you can pick <laughs> what category or get all three. <laughs> I mean, that's so cool that you have all these different sides of yourself that you're able to celebrate mm, and put thanks. out there. It's, it's um, really not the promoted thing in our society. It's also scary. <laughs> what do you mean? Like people want to put you in a box? Yeah, people want to put you in a box or like you should have a title, one title and a ladder you're climbing and it's like oh I'm all over I'm doing and I enjoy it I enjoy doing all these different things but I think that's what our generation is there that's to do I, I, not everybody but I, I feel like like for the boomers who are mostly our parents yeah they're like okay I do this one job for most of my life uh stay with the same company forever or at least stay in the same career path forever and I provide for my family and that's it versus like I think a lot for our generation, it's been about like, oh, what do we want to do? Oh, I'm going to do this for a while. It's not making me happy anymore. Okay, I'm going to change. Or, oh, I'm doing this thing, but I also want to do this on the side. Uh, You know, I mean, we all have so many, especially in LA, we have so many slashes. Yes. Like, I'm an actress. I'm a filmmaker. I'm a podcaster. Uh, I guess now a mental health advocate. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's there's new things that come on every day. and, And it's... It's beautiful because people are not one dimensional. Yeah. So why why should we pretend? <sighs> Thank you. Yep. That just validates all my changes. And like, <laughs> I know from the outside for people who are seeing me make these changes, it, it seems like, yes, changes. But to me, it feels like um, honing in, just a honing in on what's what's always been the dream and what's always been in there. Like, I've been making erotic art for years, but never putting it anywhere. Like to to set up my OnlyFans, all I had to do was go into my hard drive and like pull shit I already made because I've been doing this. I just wasn't doing it out loud. Like I wasn't doing it. brave though. I know that you don't want to say that it's brave or you don't want (laughs) to maybe have that word. But for me, like, I don't know. I mean, who knows? Maybe this will air in a few years when I have my own OnlyFans. But I... (laughs) At this moment in time, I don't really have the desire or bravery to put my mm. naked body on the internet, mm-hmm. right? So have you always just been that comfortable? No, it's scary. I like, you know, unlearning all the Catholic guilt. It's like, I still feel like what's going to happen if slash when my parents figure out that that's a side of my art that I sell. Um, oh, they don't know. They don't know <laughs> because I'm like, I don't need to out right share that with them they don't sure. know that but they'll probably figure it out eventually or hear about it or something so i have that fear but i have to just okay i think it comes from the trauma the mm-hmm. assault that made made me think i was going to die like to where my bullshit meter is so sensitive after that i feel like i can't waste any time like i said with small talk or with not trying out all my fantasies, all my biggest fantasies, which one of them is erotic art. Like, right. I don't want to waste any time with bullshit. I, I have to do it. 
but you're right. It is brave. It is brave because there are, there can be consequence consequences. Um, it's not like I'm going to be in trouble with the law or anything, but like I could face shame or judgment or ridicule. Just like a social stigma. A social stigma. It. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was going to ask like, was there any sort of, um, negative consequence or backlash at all for you when you did start the OnlyFans? Um, or was has it all mostly been positive? It's been positive, except that seeing Instagram shadow ban me and like, that was the negative. Um, mm-hmm. But as far as like the, res- the fans I'm getting in there have all been respectful. And I think it's, um, and yeah, I've, I've actually just had a lot of praise, but I also surround myself with people in my life that support me and love me because I, I saw that I didn't used to do that <laughs> like in my past yeah. relationships. And so I surround myself with the people who are going to support this idea. Right. Yeah. So there right. hasn't really been a negative. Um, I mean, honestly, it's been some of the most aligned, like full body joy that I've felt since being sexually assaulted is this sexual art that I'm making. And what a beautiful full circle um, thing to yeah. do for yourself. Yeah. Because I was thinking about that. I was thinking about like, I have this question written down, which I want to ask, which yeah. is how has your journey been from victim to good ass goddess? Oh, yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's my OnlyFans like, handle. Um, Gigi. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <sighs> Love being Gigi. Um the journey was long and hard. There's no way to sugarcoat it. Mm-hmm. And doesn't matter how many months or days that calculates to, it was long and hard to me. And probably every victim feels like that. Mm-hmm. And, and I heard from the very beginning of my assault, like trauma has no timeline. It's so true. It can come come back up at any moment. But to kind of generalize the journey, it, it went from being assaulted and that I feel like I died that day and also a new version of me was born. And mm-hmm. as a newborn, you can't really do anything. You can't, you cry a lot, you can't <laughs> eat, and you need someone to help you go to the bathroom. Like, yeah, I needed a lot of help and I was crying a lot and it was hard to eat. Um, So that lasted for a long time. And slowly, slowly, I started to get back into sex with my partner who was there and was part of the reason my attacker um, got caught. So very much entrenched. We we both were going through trauma therapy together. Mm -hmm. Um, So we had a safe space together to start slowly trying to get back into sex. But yeah, I mean, it, it would, it'd be crazy if, there's no jump cut. I don't know. It's messy. Oh, I know there's not. Yeah. It's like there was a lot of um, experimenting and getting triggered and working on it. And then I remember getting a sponsor for Basic Witches that was like a vibrator company. So in exchange for like a post, they sent us free vibrators. And that's so fun. Yeah. And (laughs) (laughs) it really is. And I remember that like receiving that kind of lit something in me. And I remember that being a little turning point in the journey because I needed to be able to, to be like solo pleasure on my own. Um, that was like, 
there was something almost like more safe about being with my partner in my healing journey than myself. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It's like it does because he didn't have the same experience that you did. Yeah. And he doesn't have all the dark feelings that you have. So you can kind of get lost in In him. Yes. Right. And so if you're by yourself, it's a lot of reasons why people don't, you know, that will they will throw themselves into one relationship after another because they're afraid of being alone. And the reason you're afraid of being alone is you're afraid of confronting all those dark feelings. Yes. Right. And, but that's okay. Sometimes we do need to escape it. Uh, eventually obviously you confronted it and, uh, I think reclaiming your body through like not only self-pleasure, but also, um, like doing these photo shoots that you have designed. So you're saying I'm reclaiming my body. I'm showing you how I choose to see it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put on all these cool costumes and makeup and crazy, you know, sets. Um, this is how I feel empowered. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's that's really cool. And if you feel comfortable with it, I mean, I would encourage other survivors to maybe think about that. Think like, okay, how can I reclaim my body? Mm-hmm. Right? What does that look like for me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was like from getting that vibrator, I started to like pleasure and I didn't. I like took orgasming off the table for a while. I would say that was a really healthy tip. Um, not that I wouldn't let myself if I could, but I didn't make it a finish line in any way. Like I made it about practicing. I made it like, mm-hmm. oh, I'd, it's a it's a huge accomplishment if I just can look at myself in the mirror for a while mm-hmm. today. Because after the trauma, I couldn't look in mirrors for like many months. I could not look at myself. Um, and I think that's probably a common thing. But like letting little baby steps be serious accomplishments and like celebrating it. Like I, the fact that I even got excited by the vibrator could have been enough that day without even using it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just like baby steps to then the point of, you know, there was always like a through line of, of fuck you. Like I said, the anger that comes sure. with being assaulted, <laughs> but like, fuck you. I'm such a sexual person. And that's a huge part of my identity. And I'm not willing to give that up because I was assaulted. So there was always a through line of like, I'm going to get back that confidence. And mm-hmm. then what ended up being a gift was that, like I said, having a life or death moment, feeling like no bullshit, I'm not going to waste any time led to greater sexual pleasure than I had even before this assault and greater like living out the fantasies I always wanted to mm. because you, you know what? I am braver. That's what it's, it is a brave thing. Cause I'm, I, when you make, when you save your life, it's like, you're going to feel pretty brave after that, or things are going to seem small to you after that. That's what it is. That's why I'm like, no, it's not brave. Cause I did something that was so required so much bravery. Um, after that, everything seems easy. Yeah. It's like, of course I'm going to put myself <laughs> naked online. <laughs> yeah. Why not? I and mean, it seriously is so empowering. Like any, anyone who has the itch, I recommend it <laughs> because damn, it's been, it's felt so good, Katie. Yeah. It's so fun. I've never signed up for anybody's OnlyFans or like anything. So I really don't know that much about it. Is it one of those things where there's different tiers kind of like on Patreon? It's pretty much just one membership. Okay. Just to get, it's like one paywall to get into your library and anything new that you post. 
Uh-huh. But you yeah. you talk one-on-one with people. Yeah. You can you, DM. They can send you messages and stuff. Yeah. You can you can message and you can you can pay a membership, but then usually the creators will also offer premium content for more. So like each time I do a photo shoot, the the more revealing photos are gonna cost extra. Oh, okay. So it's a that great yeah, it's a great space for creators and entrepreneurs. And it's it's surprisingly not just sexy stuff in there. There's actually right. all types of people on OnlyFans. I didn't know that when I signed up. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because you would think like it has a, re- a certain reputation. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. But, but people are just like putting other things like, oh, here's my recipe for a really great banana bread. Right. <laughs> on my OnlyFans. <laughs> Truly. There actually are even like therapy people in there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I thought about it. I've definitely, I've been encouraged to start some sort of um, community, like mm-hmm. on Patreon or something yeah. like that. So I'm, I'm thinking about it. We'll see. I, yeah, I can, I can guarantee that at least in the near future, it won't include nude photos of me. Yeah, uh, I don't really think the it's people not that's... for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it doesn't have to be. Everybody has their own flavor of thing yeah. that works for them. You know, and um. Now that you have, um, I guess, refined yourself back to whatever you think your original purpose is, yeah. rather rather than saying you've changed, I think yeah. you, you've refined. What What's next for you? What are you <sighs> focusing on? What are you excited about? Well, I'm writing a book or two <laughs> um, <laughs> called Sex and the Synchronicity, all about like sexual assault, sexual empowerment, and the magic of life. Um, and um, also trying to get that put out as an article somewhere. So there's a lighter version of it that's not not so much about the assault, more just about the empowerment um, that I'm that I'm hoping to get in a magazine one day. I'm just putting that out there. It's being pitched. Um, Manifest it. Yeah. <laughs> and like, what I'm so excited about is that I've stopped taking jobs that aren't creative, and I'm I'm just doing coaching card pulls, um, acting and writing where, where it's available, but the pandemic has really put that, uh, put a damper on that. Yes. It has been slim pickings. Um, <laughs> but like, I'm excited about just moving through my days, doing what I meant to do and helping people. Like I coached two people today and it's just, it just feels so fucking good. I mean, it's probably how you feel when you get to talk about mental health stuff. It's like, it feels so good when you know you're making an impact. Yeah. No, it. it feels good to hold that space for people. And um, yeah, definitely. I mean, when I do these conversations, I always leave, uh, leave feeling better, feeling like, okay, cool. I held space for someone to tell their story. And um, there's like such a catharsis there. Mm-hmm. And also when other people listen to it, there's another level as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I know when this comes out, I'll probably get messages from people telling me that it helped them. And yeah, isn't that I think so that's, nice. It's really nice. Yeah. Same with basic so. witches. It, it means so much to get those. Cause it's like, that's why we're doing it. And to get mm-hmm. that direct feedback. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I'm like, thank you more, please. I just want more <laughs> of what I've got going on. More clients. Cool. Yeah. More, more spots to have my words read. And, but I'm yes. grateful for where everything's at. Yes. And I will put in the um, description and also on the episode guide about your learn to fly. Thank you. Program. Yes. Um, learn to fucking love yourself. That's so right. I think that's something that's really important, um, especially 
with social media, it's so easy to compare ourselves to other people and to think that we're not, not that we're less than, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. and uh, the only way to kind of get over that is to really fall in love with yourself. That's so, right. Um, I think it's really important. And um, one last thing I wanted to ask you about before we go, um, I ask all of my guests this. Uh, it's a segment called Hot Tips. Hot Tips, Hot Tips, Hot Tips. so if you have a bad day and you feel depressed uh what is something that you can do to lift your mood whether that's like a piece of music or food or sort of a ritual that you do Mm. oh man i have i have a lot of versions but i want to see actually i want to um can a can a hot tip involve a card pull yes because i for your collective all your um criers wait Sunnies. Sunnies, sorry. No, hey, listen, it's cool. We can I think that honestly, that's the nickname that my listeners gave themselves is Sunnies, but if they also okay. want to call themselves criers, it's not inaccurate. I mean, Most... I'm a crier. I would like, I would totally get it. <laughs> yeah, let's I get a card pull so we can intuitively figure out what, what your hot tip should yeah. be. Yeah. So okay, so okay. for for yourself, if you're having a bad day, let's see. What yeah. would you do? I'm asking, I'm I'm using the Ask Your Guides Oracle Cards deck. Okay. Um, so for the collective, what do we need to know on this hot tip? Priorities. Mm-hmm. Master teacher. Wow. This is the very first card I ever pulled from this deck when I consecrated it, like when I got it. Okay. Um, so I know that this, this card means remind yourself that you're doing enough and you're on the right path. And the number, the number is 12, but yeah, priorities. So I think when you're having a day, when you're depressed, what's the first priority comfort and safety and making yourself feel better so that eventually you won't feel depressed. But a lot of times when we get depressed, those productivity thoughts pile on, like I should still get work done and I should still clean the house and stuff. So this card is reminding us that priority number one is self care when we feel depressed how can yes. we do anything else if we don't do that first we got to do that first yes wow so fun thank you you know it's funny as i was this when i was walking this morning and listening um to basic witches like while i was prepping to interview i was like i hope she does a card pull but <gasps> is it rude of me to ask so, that, <laughs> so then you just went you did got it, it. yeah <laughs> look at that <laughs> you manifested was, it you thought about I did. it I did really think about it. So, you know, maybe, maybe I'm also a witch. I think so. I think so, Katie. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on here. Do you have any last um, words of wisdom or anything you want to share before we go for anybody who um, might be struggling with their mental health out there during lockdown? Mm, I just want to say, keep getting to know yourself. They say knowledge is power and self-knowledge is self-empowerment. I just want to see everyone love themselves and feel fucking powerful. Yes. Awesome. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much, Katie. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And if you want to learn more about Rachel or about anything else that we talked about today, you can check out the episode guide on cryingbehindpod.com or on our Instagram at cryingbehindpod. And I just really appreciate you all supporting and listening. It's been such a fun journey. Um, And also I've been going on Clubhouse every week 
uh, which is an audio only social media app. So if you want to get on there, um, this is, uh, if you're listening to this in <laughs> the spring of 2021, who knows how long this app will be around. But on uh, Thursdays, I've been doing a new thing called Thoughtful Thursdays at 8 p.m. PST and just hopping on there and letting people ask for advice or talk about what's working for them with their mental health or what's not working for them. And it's been really amazing to just meet people from all over the world um, who are all going through the same thing. And it's just so cool to connect in a more intimate way. Uh, because I think that too often on social media, we hide behind these filters and we're able to put up these perfectly crafted photos or videos. And it's really cool to just hop on there and have like these unedited conversations. So yeah, definitely find me on there. And if you want to check out our Facebook support group, that is facebook.com slash groups slash crying behind pod. And uh, I've been your host, Katie Dahl. And until next time, stay cool, stay present, stay sunny.